Wherefore, now after I have spoken these words, if ye cannot understand them, it will be because ye ask not, neither do ye knock. Wherefore, ye are not brought into the light, but must perish in the dark. For behold, again I say unto you, that if ye will enter in by the way, and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what ye should do. Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ. And there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. 2 Nephi 32 verses 4 through 6. Hey listeners, this is Neil from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, how does the doctrine of Christ relate to the ancient temple? As Nephi begins to close his record, he emphatically teaches what he called the doctrine of Christ, defined as, in essence, faith, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end to receive eternal life. Nephi teaches the gospel with explicit plainness and clarity, and yet at least some of his people struggled to understand what he taught. One method Nephite prophets repeatedly used to clearly teach the people about Christ was to draw on the symbolism and ritual of Israelite temple worship. The clearest example of this is King Benjamin's speech, where he gathered the people to the temple and taught them about the atoning blood of Christ, likely in connection with the rituals of the Day of Atonement and other autumn Israelite festivals. Jacob, Nephi's younger brother, likewise taught the people the plan of salvation at the newly built temple during what was likely one of the autumn festivals. According to Sean Hopkin, professor of ancient scripture at BYU, Nephi did the same thing in 2 Nephi 31-32. through In teaching these concepts of the doctrine of Christ that may have been new to the Nephites, he provided them a familiar context by describing them in terms provided by the Temple of Solomon. As another scholar observed, the last three chapters of 2 Nephi are saturated with the theme of the temple veil. In ancient Israel, the high priest was the only one who could pass through the veil and enter the Holy of Holies, and he only did so on a single day, the Day of Atonement. In the process of performing various rituals, the high priest would pass by the altar of sacrifice and the molten sea and go through the entryway of the temple. There, in the holy place, was the menorah, a seven-branched lampstand, and the table of showbread, and the altar of incense. The high priest would pass by each of these emblems as he performed his duties and approached the veil of the Holy of Holies. Hopkin explains that on the Day of Atonement, the high priest was allowed to pass the cherubim or angels stitched on the veil into the symbolic presence of God displayed by his throne in the Holy of Holies. Hopkin argued that Nephi's presentation of the doctrine of Christ relied upon imagery of the high priest's divine ascent performed on the Day of Atonement when the priest went from the east end of the temple at the altar of sacrifice to its west end in the Holy of Holies. In the doctrine of Christ, Hopkin compares repentance and baptism to symbolically passing by the altar of sacrifice, repentance, and the molten sea, baptism, while entering in through the gate or temple door into the holy place. Once they've entered through the gate or temple door, the worshiper can receive the baptism of fire and see by the light of the Holy Ghost, symbolized by the blazing menorah or lampstand. From there, they must press forward by feasting upon the word of Christ, invoking the symbolism of the table of showbread. At this point, Nephi cannot say more. The worshiper is left at the veil, seeking to speak the tongue of angels by a reliance on the word of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. To move further, Nephi urges that we must pray, the symbolic function of the altar of incense, but he himself cannot divulge more. Standing at the veil, the worshiper must ask and knock for themselves to speak with the tongue of angels in order to pass through the angelic cherubim who guard the way into the Holy of Holies, where the Lord will manifest himself unto you 
in the flesh. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, taking his cue from 2 Nephi 11, 1 through 3, has said that the testimonies of Jacob, Isaiah, and Nephi himself were standing like sentinels at the gate of the Book of Mormon, ever ready to admit us into the scriptural presence of the Lord. Indeed, standing on the cusp of the Lord's presence is exactly where the culmination of their testimony leaves the reader at the end of 2 Nephi. Leaving a series of literary clues that come together in 2 Nephi 33, Nephi shows that he himself has indeed passed through the veil and will be there when we stand to face God. Why would Nephi have used the mental model of the temple in ending his book of sacred prophecy and teaching? Nephi and Jacob loved the temple that they had sacrificed to build as a first order of business in their new city in the land of Nephi. Having masterfully guided the construction of that temple after the manner of the Temple of Solomon, Nephi naturally used its meaningful floor plan and sacred implements in literarily structuring his final holy benediction. In the ancient Israelite temple, the high priestly procession reflects the journey of Israel past the cherubim placed eastward of Eden and back into the presence of God, reversing the effects of the fall of Adam and Eve. One of the consequences of the fall is death, and the Messiah was promised to come in the fullness of time to redeem the children of men from the fall. But in order to receive, man must appropriately choose liberty and eternal life, or otherwise face captivity and death. Likewise, if the appropriate procedures were not followed by the high priest as he approached the Holy of Holies, entrance into the presence of God entailed the risk of death. By using this high priestly ascent as the model for explaining the doctrine of Christ, Nephi wanted all mankind to understand that, thanks to Jesus Christ, everyone, and not just the high priest, could choose to follow Christ and the sacred path leading back into the presence of God. Christ is the great high priest, who overcame death and the fall once and for all. Thus, those who follow the doctrine of Christ will reverse the effects of the fall in their own lives, and after pressing forward with steadfastness in Christ, they will enter the presence of God, not with the risk of death, but with the promise of eternal life. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.